This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Joining me tonight, because like I told you guys, we're going to try to get some different information on some teams this year before the season gets started, is a buddy of mine from the 49ers Rush Podcast, the best information you will find about the 49ers in this country is on this podcast and his name is john chapman john how are you man it is a great day all the way on the other coast and uh just excited to get together and talk some football man this is like christmas for all the football fans out there as we have made it through preseason we've got regular season games on the horizon and i could not be happier you know two of my cousins are huge 49ers fans and all we do is talk 49er football on Sundays with these guys. And I told them that I would, you know, that I would take care of them this year and get them some, some info. And, uh, you know, the first thing, the first topic that came up, ironically, we were talking this weekend. And one of the first things that came up was win totals. Now, one of them is an optimist who thinks the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl every year. The other one, in my opinion, is a realist, right? The optimist told me the other day, you guys are winning 14 games this year. Now, I don't know about 14. The schedule does shape up to be pretty easy, but 14 games in the NFL is a lot of games, especially when Vegas is only saying you're going to win 10. Speak to me about that. Yeah, the 10 to 10 and a half win total, that's kind of where we are because it, it, it's weird. A year removed from the Super Bowl, everything's pointing up. We go through injury Armageddon last year. We can't even play in our home state. We can't play our home games on the road. We're vagabonds, right? But after free agency and the draft, now we made it through preseason relatively clean with injuries and all those things. I'm taking the over on 10. I'm not touching 13 or 14 wins, even on a 17-game schedule. I think that's a little much. But you're right. The schedule is very, very navigatable, if that's the word, because we finished fourth in the NFC West last year. So we have a lot of teams that are going to be picking in the top 10, the Lions, the Eagles. you got the Texans on there, the Bengals. There's a lot of very favorable matchups. But whenever you look at the NFC West, which I think is the best division in all of football. You got to play all those teams twice, and you got to make some rough travel games there. I, I think things are pointing up for sure, and I take the over on ten, one hundred percent, with the depth that they have on this roster. Yeah. However, God, I'm sorry. You got to put it. You got to put perspective on it. This is the NFL. Um, those fourteen win seasons, they come. They don't come very often. I'm going to tell you two things that I think are going to stop you from celebrating that. 11 and a half win total that like that I know you're probably leaning towards. The first one is in this league, unless you have a historically good defense, you need quarterback play. Now you're going to tell me, well, two years ago, Garoppolo. Yeah. Well, your defense was very, very good and got every turnover. No demand. If you're going to tell me that the defense is going to be that good, and are going to get every bounce of the ball, then you're right. I can quarterback, and you're going to win 12, 13 games. But I I firmly believe that the quarterback play on this team is going to hold back this team 
from making a big jump. They're going to be good. Don't get me wrong. But that big jump that you need to make to play with the big boys, it's not going to it's going to it's going to be affected by the lack of quarterback play. And I think that I think you're exactly correct and I think that's kind of the mindset for Kyle Shanahan using three first round picks to jump up into this draft and go get Trey Lance. Now is Trey Lance starting week 1? No. We all know that's not happening. But what we did see was something very very different. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan is literally replacing the quarterback every other play on those first two drives in that third preseason game versus the Raiders. You know, given it's against the Raiders, so you have to take that with a grain of salt. They two possessions, you know, march down the field, two touchdown drives, whatever. They're not going to do that every game. But it seems like Kyle Shanahan's doing almost a similar thing that McVay did with the Rams and saying, look, quarterback's not going to be the excuse. He went and got his guy, and he overpaid for it. And he's going to organically work in this 21-year-old rookie from North Dakota State and allow kind of a meritocracy to see if he can earn more play time. And so with Jimmy Garoppolo, they made it to the Super Bowl. Now, you're right. The defense was the driving factor in that. And I think that the defense is still going to be good. Can it be great is the question. I'm not so sure it can, but it does have its strengths with the D-line and linebacker core. Secondary, pretty big question mark, however. The second problem that I see on this team. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying that you have an all-world tight end, right? Mm -hmm. There's not one receiver on that team that you have to game plan for. That, to me, in a league where passing dominates 85% of the games, that could be an issue also. They're putting a lot of stock in the first-round pick from last year, Brandon Ayuk. Um, you know, he only had 11 starts last year, led the team in reception, made some very flash plays, had some rough rookie plays as well. But Kyle Shanahan envisions Brandon Ayuk playing in that Julio Jones role whenever he was with the Falcons. Now, he's not saying he's Julio Jones. Correct. Nobody's making that mistake. But if you look at the wide receiver class last year, the rookie wide receiver class for the entire NFL, might be one of the best to come out in a decade. Very, very talented. I'm telling you right now, Brandon Ayuk needs to be considered closer to the top of that tier, the, the Jefferson, the C.D. Lamb, than he does that third tier. He's that good and that he, he fits this scheme perfectly. It's just, can he make that next step as a sophomore? Can he, can he take it to the next level? And if he can, then watch out. This is going to be special. And also you have Devo Samuel, which you're scheming him to get touches in the backfield, jet sweeps, reverses. He even lines up in the backfield a lot of times. If he can step up his game as a wide receiver, increase the route tree and the drop, you're right. It's very top-heavy because after that, it's just a lot of guys. But Kyle Shanahan's putting his faith in these two young uh, wide receivers. And if one of them pans out, then I think this offense can do what it needs to get done. But you're right. That's a little bit of a stretch. Two early games on the road. You have You're at the Lions and at the Eagles. Can you see them losing either one of those that early no. against one of those two teams? They're both going to be bad. It, they're both going to be very, very bad. And the fact that Jared Goff, like, it's <laughs> so bad for this guy, gets beat up by the 49ers his entire career, gets traded to the Detroit Lions of all places, and the very first game he's got, uh, it's back against the 49ers, which have been his worst games historically as a pro. And that's saying something. Really not worried about Detroit. 
The Philadelphia Eagles, a little bit more of a question mark, but I still think they're going to be a top five to ten team in the NFL draft next year. So it, not it's the NFL and the road games, and you're traveling all the way. Yeah, across ten the o'clock coast. in the morning game for 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 the body. Yeah, yeah, it's early, and we know how those West Coast teams struggle coming east at one o'clock. And you know, Kyle Shanahan's first two years with the 49ers, he was like zero for six on traveling to the East Coast and early kickoff. And so the 49ers changed their entire regime where they stay there, the regimen. They stay out there for two and a half weeks straight. They don't come back. So for the Detroit game, they get out there early, and they stay in West Virginia for the Philly game. So they're not changing time. They're not traveling very much. And since they started doing that, they now have a winning road schedule on East Coast early kickoff games. And again, these are two very poor teams. Something could happen in that Philly game. But I'm telling you right now, I don't think they're going to overlook the Detroit Lions. I just don't see it. So they're winning more, but more divorces because they're never home now. <laughs> <laughs> I think you nailed it, man. It's easy for us behind the computer. But being away from the family for a couple of weeks, definitely uh, that causes some issues. Speak to me about Raheem Moster. You know, he's a guy that I really like as a back. Tough guy. He had the injury last year. Where's he at right now? And he looks really good. And this was kind of a question mark going into the season because we haven't seen it. We didn't see him in the preseason one game. We didn't see him in preseason two. The open practices, he didn't really get a lot of touches. Well, preseason game three versus um, the Raiders, he came out hitting on all cylinders. And this is a guy that averaged 5.6 yards per carry for his career. He didn't really catch national attention until he landed with Kyle Shanahan in the 49ers. But this is a big play threat wedding to happen. You know, legitimate top-end speed in the NFL. He has the two highest um, speed totals, miles per hour, of any ball carrier in the NFL, including Tyreek Hill, the top two over the last three years. This guy's a speed demon, but he added some weight. And so some people were concerned to try to be able to take more carries. The speed showed up very, very quickly uh, on his very first carry uh, just last weekend. And so he looks like he's still got the speed, added a little bit of weight, Hopefully he can get some more carries. He's never had more than 137 carries in a year. And if he's wanting to truly be that guy, contract year for him, he's going to need to hit that 150-plus mark, um, which if he can stay healthy, you're talking about a 1,000-yard rusher on only 150 carries. That's pretty scary. Any camp surprises? Anybody that has really jumped out on either side of the ball that has everybody, the fan base, you know, waiting for the season to start to watch him? Obviously, Trey Lance, he is just so exciting. Uh, rookie Trey Sermon, the running back that's going to be kind of 1B to Brendan IU. But I'm jumping to the defensive ball here. And there's two secondary guys, Talanoa Hufunga, who is the strong safety out of USC, the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He has looked remarkable. He's going to start sooner than later. And Diamador Lenore out of Oregon, the Ducks. Um, he was actually the second corner drafted in this draft class for the 49ers. He blew out all expectations. Um, he is a guy that will be the first person again off of the bench for all three corner positions, whether it's inside, outside, whatever. These are guys that they just cannot wait to get started, and they only have players in front of them on one-year contract deals. So the 49ers drafted in a way, even with Trey Lance, kind of a redshirt year where we're drafting these guys, but they get to develop and step in. But I'm telling you right now, get used to those two names, Diamador Lenore Corner and Talanoa Hufunga. I know they're both mouthfuls, but there are some players, and they're going to be around the NFL for a long time.
I'm sorry. If I said to you, um, what's the issue with this team? Like, it's one thing that you can point out to me that you could say, okay, Sergio, if X, Y, and Z does not stick to script, the 49 outside of health, that could be said for any team. What part of the uh, of the of the team would you point out as, hey, this has to hit or this could be an issue? Since Kyle Shanahan showed up, and this is kind of a hidden yardage issue, the 49ers special team unit has been bottom five in every single grouping, whether that's kickoff, kickoff return, punt, field goal, doesn't matter. And we know in the NFC West, those games are coming down to the last minute or overtime almost every time. That is kind of the hidden thing. That, and it seems like they shifted their focus a little bit this offseason and started paying up for some specialty players, which is really nice, like Trent Shurfield out of Arizona. But that's the one thing that, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he's got the offense humming. We've got a new defensive coordinator in D'Amico Ryans, but he's running the same system as Robert Sala. And so that defense seems to be personneled up. They spent most of their draft capital there. Special teams, you know, a lot of people forget this is the third of the game. And that is the one issue that has never been successful under Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. That's the one that has to make a change and pick up some of those hitting yardages where you don't have depth and you got a lot of rookies making some plays there. That's something that I'm telling you, you got to pay attention to. And if they can just be mediocre in those things, I think the offense and defense is going to carry this team. Take me around the league. You obviously, do you expect the 49ers to win that division? I do. I think it's between them and the Rams, and it's almost a coin flip. Um, I fully do expect the NFC West to represent the Super Bowl because I think they're going to get at least three teams in the playoffs. And so the fact that half of the NFC West is going to be represented, I mean, half of the NFC playoffs going to be represented by the NFC West, I think that's kind of where it all goes through. If not the 49ers, the Rams? They have no excuses now. They have a quarterback, right? They have a quarterback now. They have no... I mean, I thought Goff was better than some gave him credit for, but a lot of ups and downs. But now the quarterback has no excuse because we always gave him one being in Detroit. And now the team, which I believe blamed a lot on the quarterback, is has no excuse. Because I'm going to tell you one thing. The issues with the Rams, in my opinion, stem deeper than the quarterback. The problem that I have with the Rams is that I believe they fool you to make plays. They scheme you up to make plays. So if they don't score 21 points in the first half, they don't make any adjustments. So once that you once you've seen every look, every formation, you already have them. They don't score. If you look at their games, if you can stop them early, you're going to win because they're gimmicky. So unless they're going to get more creative, I don't see things, many things changing, even though the quarterback's changed. It, you know, I think right in line with what you're saying, and I agree, this is why they struggle so much in the division. They both teams out outside of the division on regular or whatever they play against a very good defensive-minded coach or somebody in the division, they usually have a very low score total. Um, I am with you. And the way that they constructed that roster, it's Texas Hold'em, all in, whatever. They have a lot of top-end, 
you know, premium position guys that they're paying top money for, they lost five starters on that defense. They lost their defensive coordinator, who's now with the Chargers, who I think is one of the best coaches in the NFL, by the way. But they're very top-heavy. They lost a lot of premium starters and didn't replace them because they have no draft capital. They have none. They haven't had a first round pick since Jared Goff, and they traded him away. <laughs> so, like, it's it's a lot of you know top end free agent guys and Jags, just another guy that they fill into that position. So, if that's one of the teams, the Rams, whenever I look at them, they they deserve to be respected as one of the top teams in the NFL. But if they have one or two injuries at a premium position, they will not be able to overcome that because the personnel and the depth on the roster is absent. Seattle is a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. As the quarterback goes, they go. Yep. They will always be good. I don't know if they have enough in this league anymore, in this division anymore. What do you think? Yeah, I would not be, and I know a lot of people get up, you know, whatever. I don't care. You can hold, you can at me. <laughs> you can come at me. I don't care. I wouldn't be shocked if Seattle finished dead last in this division. Now, I'm not saying they're a bad football team. I think they could still be above 500 and finish fourth in this division. This is the worst team Seattle's had in a decade. Russell Wilson's all world. Okay, I get that. They have the wide receivers. But whenever you look at that defensive side of the ball, and again, the way that they built their team, was to outscore the opposing team. They don't have the secondary to mimic and complement that style of play on the offense. Yeah, you got a strong safety that can blitz. I understand that. But their corner positions are suspect at best. You look at the waivers, they're trying to pick up and practice squad every single corner that's being released across the NFL. They have some major issues in that secondary. And, again, their defensive line, they've got some issues there as well. So this team, it's Russell Wilson. And he's just going to kind of, you know, (laughs) do whatever he can. But at the end of the day, you need more than that. And that's why they can't make it deep in the playoffs at all anymore because it's not a solid roster. He's covering up a lot of those issues. Arizona is a team that offensively is fun to watch. And, you know, I'm just, there's something missing on that team. And I just can't put my finger on it. I, you know, I, I just can't get a good enough feel for them because sometimes they're a lot like the Cowboys where they give you a lot of empty calorie points, but, you know, you you, you never know what you're going to get from week to week. What do they have to do in this division to have a shot to surpass the two teams that we feel will be at the top? Fire their head coach. <laughs> Cliffy, very, I'm sorry. I, he's just, he's, he's not a very good head coach. Uh, waste talent, plays people out of position far too often, doesn't adjust to the skill sets of his team. You look at that roster and it's a Madden squad ready to go. But whenever you get zero contribution from all these draft picks that they have drafted, whether on offense or defense, because they're playing them out of position, at the end of the day, it's going to come back to you. Again, this is a guy who couldn't win with, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, Davis Webb in the Big 12. It had one winning season with all those guys. And one right. with Patrick Mahomes. Like, it, it's still, he has not addressed those issues. Now, the one thing I can say for the Cardinals is they show up in divisional games. Maybe the, they play everybody else super tough, which I love. I love those games. But the roster is built to win. I'm with you there. And whenever you say something's missing, that magic sauce, coaching matters today. 
and you look at the coaches that he's going up against in this division, he is fourth by a long shot. And if they do not, they, they usually start hot and then fall off at the end of the year. If they don't start hot this year, I would not be surprised if Queen, Cliff Kingsbury is the first coach fired um, in the NFL. would not be shocked. All right. Give me one or two sentence answers to a couple of things I'm going to throw at you. Tampa Bay. Running it back. Um, if, can age hold up? You know, if the age holds up and the health holds up, they're in. People forget they were a wild card team. I didn't think they were even one of the top four or five teams last year. But people seem to think that they're going to be able to run it back. I'm not sure about that one. Division got a lot easier. It did. The Bears. If they switch QBs, they'll compete. The Cowboys. Terrible coaching, terrible defense. Uh, it's, it's a fake, man. Fugazi. Not only that, you want me to give you the biggest indictment of the guy who's going to be making $75 million under center this year? Let's hear it. That league's got three, the three other quarterbacks in the league are in that division are terrible. And we're still sitting here wondering who's going to win that division. What does that tell you? Yeah. Washington's winning that division, by the way. We'll see. Speak to me about Indianapolis. I've asked a couple of people this. I'm going to ask you, will they be better with Wentz or worse? Man, I want to push on this one. Phil Rivers played well. He lost at the end of the year. He did. But I think he, I think he did. the turnovers were an issue. And you're not going to fix the turnover ratio that they struggled with with Carson Wentz. I don't see that changing. Can they stay healthy on the defensive side? They're a little light in a couple places. I love the roster. love the coaching staff. It's a big question mark, man. This is one team that has the biggest ceiling and the lowest floor. How good is Josh Herbert? Elite. Elite. Won't be surprised with the way that everybody responded to Josh Allen. I'm telling you right now, Herbert can be better. I agree. Everybody, Denver won five games last year, and everybody keeps on touting them. I see a lot of places. They're, they're, they're big on them. They're even a an early road favorite at the Giants. Now, look, the Giants are the Giants, right? The offensive line, I could start at left tackle right now. What Do you see what some people are saying in Denver? I mean, Teddy's going to provide a little stability. I would have still run it back one more year with Drew Locke. I'm not one of these guys. If I spent that pick on him, I'm, I'm going to play him. What do you see with Denver? I see Denver as the Vegas line in NFL, meaning they will win every game they're supposed to win, and they will lose every game they're supposed to lose. However, the quarterback will not lose any of those games. I think they will be one game over 500, and that's just kind of who they're going to be. Will the Browns be as solid as they were last year? Yes, Still not the best team in the division. They get Odell back. That becomes a problem. I tell everybody, wherever that guy's at, bet against him. Yeah, and I think, you know, he's running out of lives. You know, <laughs> how many has he got? I think that he's, he's reformed his image a little bit, but he's got to do something with Baker uh, because him and Baker probably aren't going to be there long term. Uh, Baker, they're wanting to look that they're waiting to be improving a little more. 
But yeah, if there's any issues there, Odell will be dealt. Last one from me here. Cam gets released. They're going with Mac Jones. Good move? Bad move? What do you think? They couldn't win a Super Bowl with Cam. They're not that type of roster yet. This is a smart move for the future of the Patriots. And so you go through those. You know, you look at McCorkle Jones. He's at his ceiling. So you put him in there now. That was why you drafted him. That was the one, you know, draft prerequisite with him. He's NFL ready now. So put him in there. He fits more what Josh wants to do, the play caller. Let's see what he can do. Still not Super Bowl worthy, though. Speak to me about the the Rush podcast. How did you start it, and uh, where's it at right now? Yeah, high school football coach. Uh, got out of coaching for a little while. And, man, I, I had to <laughs> – the football edge has to be scratched. So five and a half years ago, we started the 49ers Rush podcast, and it just kind of evolved. Coach mindset, film mindset. We break down the all-22 film of every 49ers game and go over the schemes and all that kind of stuff. We're available wherever you listen or watch podcasts. We do a live show. Every single time we go. So it's much more of a TV channel on YouTube. You just search John Chapman or 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm most active on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. John, you're the best, man. I appreciate you coming on. Let me get you. I'll get you on sometime during the season if the 49ers are struggling. If they're if they're doing well, I'll hold off till they get to the Super Bowl. But if they're struggling, if they're four and three, you know, you know Serge is calling you. I love it, Sergio. You're the man, man. Appreciate what you do. You got it. That was John Chapman from the 49ers Rush Podcast, and you've been listening to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other.